Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. We've got, it's been a while, but he's back. He's back I'm from Costa back. Rica. Omar is in the house. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Austin. I'm pumped to, uh, to get back into it. It's been a long time since we did a podcast. Well, not it's been only a long that, time since long time. I did a podcast. It's been a long time since we spoke. You know? Yep. And before I jump into the story, I wanted to tell you, one of the things I noticed about high achievers, right? People that own businesses, people that strive to be better, is that we never have to apologize for our absence because we're working on ourselves. And I think that's what I love the best about my friends and my, my confidants is that we never have to apologize if we're busy. It's the best. So it's we pick up we pick up right where we left off, always. Exactly. So we did a lot of work together, guys, for you that are familiar, that are new listeners. Omar was my coach when I was a uh, raging, angry person uh, slash in a marriage that I didn't like. And just overall, um, we call them machine gun BS. He had a lot to say. And so Omar is very familiar with a lot of my situations, where I'm from. His voice is always in my head. Um, and, you know, three weeks ago, um, so it's a weird world where you as a son, um, look up to your father, uh, you look up to what he is, who he is, what he didn't do, what he did do, all those things, right? And he has to be perfect in every incarnation of who he is. He's not allowed to make a mistake. He's not allowed to have his own feelings. He's not allowed to have his own existential crisis. He's not allowed to own his business. He's got to be dad. And when I was in Costa Rica last time, you and I were walking in the streets at about five in the morning and it hit me like a ton of bricks that I am so scared to repair the relationship with my father because we are the same person. Not that we are different. We are the same. And, you know, fast forward, and I come to find out he's a consultant, same as I am. And, you know, just the similarities are like utterly ridiculous. So about two months ago, um, I saw them. They came here. They visited my uh, where I live and we hung out for like three days. And it was great to see him and my stepmom. And uh, I said that that wasn't enough. Um, I said, I would like to take a trip with you. And so... Uh, him and I, for the first time in 30 years, um, spent more than a couple hours together, even slept in the same hotel room, uh, you know, played golf, had a great time. He asked me advice. I asked him advice, you know, and I look back to um, when we were coaching, I think I was totally comfortable, and if, I'm, if I'm being honest, with never talking to him again. Right? I think that I was to that place. Uh, but one of the greatest thrills of my life uh, is having him 
back in it. Um, and I think a lot of that work to get there started with you. And I just wanted to thank you uh, because it's the highlight of my year by, by miles. So thank you very much. It's, it's my pleasure. It's, you know, I, I think about my own relationship with my father and, you know, the, the, the ups and downs of that relationship, right? So I understand how important it is to, to, to do our own work, to do our own healing mm -hmm. so that we stop blaming our parents for the shit that, you know, um, our own shortcomings, you know, mm -hmm. we, we blame them for the things that we, that we didn't do, that we did do, that, that we struggled through. And once we let all that go, and we can actually, they stop being our dad, they stop being our parent, and they start being a human being, a human mm -hmm. being that has their own journey and that has their own struggles. And once we stop judging them, we can connect with them, you know, and there's nothing like that. There's nothing better in the world than connecting with, with your dad, you know, in that, yeah. in that way. Well, what's interesting, right, is just seeing the similarities of who I am, why I am, mm -hmm. watching him, right? You know, my, my, my dad could literally talk to a fence post and they'd be the best friends, you know? Like everybody that's anybody, he's talking to them and, and, and saying, how's your day, you know? And um, it's, 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 it's alarming on a scale, like uh, long story short, family member passed away. Uh, his mother and my grandmother last week and he had to go to uh, a funeral um and that that's you know that's hard for him right and for him asking me advice on how to handle certain situations i'm like dude what world are we in right now uh mm -hmm. you know it's just such a but it was you and it was angelo cisco and, and really just creating the place to say you know you need to graduate your relationship with your parents right you have to move on from it you have to you have to not know and then i um you know, I had a, I have a, a lady that I'm about to start doing some sessions with, who's a channeler, who's a medium, uh, some other stuff. And, you know, she was telling me last week, she's just like, you do understand that, like, if you didn't go through these things, then you wouldn't be who you are. And it wasn't, and, you know, and it, and, and it sounds crazy, but, uh, and this is not a dig because I know I'm going to send this to him afterwards, but it was just a moment um, that changed my life. For me, I was watching Tony Robbins. Um, he's not your guru. And he told a girl, he said, look, if he was the father that you always wanted, then you wouldn't be the man that you are today. And I was like, that was, that was like the one that like, like, I would say like, took the hammer, cracked the egg. That was the one that was like, okay, you need to reassess how you look at this. Right. But then I want to, I want to move this over to like the work that you've been doing and the work that I've been doing, right? And I look at your your career and coaching and your podcasting and so much of what you've done. I'm curious mm -hmm. to leave that behind, right? To, 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 for an essence, shut down the podcast, move in a different direction. Um, was it a long time coming? What have you learned afterwards? Did you, did you have fears around, I'm gonna be irrelevant now? And nobody knows who I am. I'm just hiding in Costa Rica. Like, I'm just curious how you've unpacked that since all that came from. You know, leaving, 
leaving the podcast was something that I I guess I felt I I I I don't know if I want to use the word needed to do. Yeah, I know I wanted to do it. Okay. Um, you know, my business had had exploded to a point where it was very difficult to <clears throat> manage, you know, so many moving parts, right? So the podcast, as you know, right, requires a lot of, of energy. Okay, it requires a lot of energy in the sense of like all the different components, the production of it, the scheduling of your of your guests, you know, the the energy, the intensity that it takes to get on these calls, right, and deliver. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I've come to realize, you know, I'm 52 years old now. Uh, when I started the podcast, I was in my late forties, you know, um, and it requires a tremendous amount of, of, of energy. And we only have so much energy and bandwidth, you know, to available to us on a daily basis, you know, so you have to be very selective. And so, Sometimes I guess it's important to recognize when something has served its purpose and it's just time to move on, you know, and that's exactly what happened. You know, if it wasn't for the podcast, you and I wouldn't be on this phone call. You know, it was the podcast that gave me social credibility that um, connected me with my network that allowed me to launch my coaching practice um, that allowed me to, um, you know, build the network and build the, the, the clientele that I currently have, right? So I think it's important to recognize when something has served its purpose, it's time to move on. And, and not only that, I started in the recovery space. Now, you know, the more niche you get, the more, the more niche down you get, um, the more selective your clientele is. Now, I was in the recovery space and so I'm someone who, who um, spent 17 years in 12-step recovery, recovering, who recovered from um, drug and alcohol abuse, okay? My drug of choice was cocaine, you know? Um, and so I needed that. I needed, I needed to go through that process to get myself to that place, to where I could, I could change the habits in my life long enough to where I could get to personal development. So in that in that community, in, in the 12-step community, it's a bit, it's a bit dogmatic. And so what happens is they're they're closed off to any outside um, any outside uh, pathways or outside um, just outside ways of doing things. Okay. So there's a, there's a kind of a belief system that once you're in AA or NA, it's the only way. And if you leave that group, okay, you will relapse. Uh, and if you don't relapse, you're not fulfilling your obligation to the 12 steps because this is you freely, you know, you, you, you got this, a sponsor for free and, you know, you got meetings for free, so to speak. And so, you know, you have to pay it back, right? So I was in it for a long time. I mean, a good 17 years is a long time. But then I realized I wasn't growing anymore. And so, you know, I left the 12-step fellowship because I, I wanted to go into personal development and growth. And I also went into the plant medicine space. 
So a lot of things happened. It wasn't just that it had served its purpose. It's also, I kind of lost my audience because now I wanted to talk about different things. I didn't just want to talk about recovery. I wanted to talk about personal development. I wanted to talk about uh, plant medicine. I wanted to talk about uh, different ways for people to, to evolve and grow and learn. And the people that I was, that were currently following me, they didn't like it. They weren't excited about the, the conversations that I was having. I was getting criticized even by my own people. Why are you talking to this person? Why are you having these kind of conversations? This is, this kind of goes against the traditions. This kind of goes against, and <clears throat> I'm rebellious in nature. And as soon as somebody tells me I can't do something, you might as well just, you know, just light the fuse underneath me, right? Like I am not, I'm still, and I'm still the same I, way. I, I would say that that's one common trait that you and I have exclusively. It, it's, I don't think it's ever going to change. Omar, you can't do this. Oh, oh, really? Okay. All right. All right. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Right. So I shifted, I started a new podcast and you know titled the omar pinto coaching podcast i was coaching people live and then i was having interviews with people that were not in recovery right so it's interesting when you have a platform where you have thousands of people following you and then you shift and with no real like i i did a complete shift in 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 in, uh, in content Right. So I lost a lot of my listeners, lost a lot of my viewership. It was interesting, man. You know, like I, I watched, I assumed that there was people that were following me that, that also wanted to were in the same boat. They were like burnt out with where they were at and they needed new content. They needed fresh information. They wanted new conversations. Right. It wasn't necessarily the case. Right. So I decided I, de I decided to listen to my instincts and my gut was telling me, hey, for right now, the podcast is done. Okay, you've done. Sorry, I got a new kitten. Uh, the podcast is done and it's time to, your business is flowing. Like at that point, when I ended the, the second podcast, I had a full roster of clients. I, I was basically 100% uh, on a 100% on referral. I'm still basically, my clients come in uh on a referral basis uh mm -hmm. the majority of the time there's very few people that come in now because they heard me on a podcast or heard me somewhere else right so kind of kind of things are a little bit on autopilot and yeah. so i've decided that this is the direction that i'm gonna that i'm gonna continue in right that's basically what's what kind of happened over time well, you know what's interesting, right? They tell songwriters all the time, be careful that the song you write, because you might have to sing it for the rest of your life. And 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 I don't I don't think enough people when they're building their brand, like mm -hmm. there's been there's been we're going through one right now that is on a three year time horizon, right? There's been different seasons of my brand. And there's there's another one happening right now that a lot of people don't know about but it's on a three year time horizon to get people comfortable with myself and me. And when you're living inside your brand or your platform or whatever you want to call it, you know, all these guys start podcasts are like multifamily investor podcasts. And I'm like, okay, after you, after you interview 50 of those people, 
Are you done? Then what? Then what? Where, uh-huh. where are we going to go? Right. And so right. it's like, we don't like, we as a society have to deal in labels. It's just what we do. Right. This is our, who you are. And this is it. And that, that makes people comfortable. Well, okay. Well, people that don't like that, that's why I don't think, that's why I think a lot of people get stuck with their brain because they just don't want to, that's why a lot of people don't write out their goals because they're like, I don't want this to be my thing. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be. It's a roadmap. It doesn't mean that this is the only thing that you could possibly do. It means nothing, right? So to watch you embrace this other side of, of who you are and put it down, two things I would imagine happen. One, it was weird right at first when you didn't have that thing to do. And then it become just, okay, we're here now. And then the second thing, did you feel like a piece of you went away too? Like that part of you? Um, no. Neither one of those. Neither one of those things happened for yeah. me, Austin. No. I. I. You I was said, relieved. You were done, done. I was. Yeah, I was done. done. I was relieved when I. I remember. I didn't. I didn't make a big deal out about it. I didn't like promote. This is going to be my last episode. I didn't do any fanfare on this. I. Re- I remember launching the last episode and knowing to myself. This is the last episode and let's just see what happens. You know what I mean? And I got to tell you, man, I, I think I got <clears throat> a couple of emails down the road. Hey, Omar, did you stop doing the podcast kind of a thing? You know, and you know, yeah, it's like, here's know, the th- it's self-importance. self-importance. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> we th- you know, you re- you know, it's like, nobody really noticed you know what i mean like people people are it's so true people have the intention attention span of a gnat it is from one thing to the next if if they go and check and there's no podcast episode or something like that they just go on to the next thing so, so then so then the question is is that should we ultimately at the end of the day do things first what do you, is that a trick question I mean, no 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 i'm saying that like if the podcast numbers don't mean shit Okay. I don't care if I ever get a sponsor. Everything I have is because of the podcast. Okay. So if the numbers go up or the numbers go down, it means nothing. If you want to listen, great. In my opinion, it's the legacy of the people that came on the podcast. It's the legacy of my growth. My favorite message to get in the entire world is this. Hey, from episode one to 400 to 500, you became a lot better interviewer. Great job. That's my favorite message. Like, that's great. But like, listen, the things that come out of this, the relationships that are forged through the podcast, okay, mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to have tons of interviews that come and go, but there's going to be some specific interviews where you're going to connect with someone, right? And that person is going to become a part of your network. I mean, if mm-hmm. it wasn't for the podcast I did with a guy named Ellie Nash, okay, who is today is like my brother. Okay, like I've done, he now has his own podcast. I've been on his podcast multiple times. His platform is huge. From that platform, I've gotten even more clients from that. Okay, uh, but Ellie sent me like dozens of clients, like since since June of 2020. Okay, mm-hmm. that specific client, he was my client too. Not only do we we did a podcast episode, then I went down to to Miami to meet him in person. And we developed a relationship from there. We stayed close after that. He went, he was going through some stuff, right? 
Then when I'm like, hey, let's just get on the phone. Let's just start coaching. I coached him for over a year, I would say, somewhere, somewhere between a year to almost two years, right? But that coaching that we did together also forged a strong relationship and a bond, right? And it was through that that, you know, he starts sending me, he starts sending me clients, right? And so single-handedly, that, that was in June of 2020 that he started referring me clients. And I've been getting clients from him since June of 20. And we're talking three years now, okay, where I've just been, that's just been my kind of like my niche, right, is, you know, working with his people, right? And in the, in the course of that, too, those people, because of the results that they have, start referring me people. It's just been, it's, it, it, mm-hmm. at some point you recognize that you might, you made it, you know what I mean? Like you've gotten to a point where you've made it and this is the area that this is what's been delivered to you. Like sometimes you have to recognize that you've been delivered yes. something. Something has been delivered to you. Now you have two choices. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You either take it for granted, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Or you don't trust in it right? And you're consistently trying to do more, get more, have more kind of a situation where my focus became if I give, if I deliver the best of me to each and every one of these clients, Mm -hmm. then I don't have to worry about launching another podcast. I don't have to worry about marketing myself on social media. I don't have to worry about where my clients are going to come from, right? I just have to service this this clientele to the fullest. I give them everything I got. And if I do that, then for right now, this is the only thing I need to focus on. Will this dry up? I don't know. Maybe it will. Someday it will. Do, will I have to pivot? Most likely. That's just how the thing, how life is. But in the meantime, right? Like I'm enjoying this. Like I enjoy the fact that I have a set clientele, that I have a strictly referral business, and that I don't have to focus on marketing and promoting myself, which is one of the things that I'm, I, I, I don't, I'm not excited about. I, I'm, I'm not excited about promoting myself. What I loved about the podcast is that I could promote myself without promoting myself. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I just had to show up deliver a killer podcast okay and let the rest kind of like the chips fall where they may okay that's just that's that my 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 philosophy or i guess my way of of doing things is if i don't concern myself with what's coming down the line like okay well what what about a year from now what are my projections and what's gonna you know what happens if this dries up and if I don't allow myself to go down that rabbit hole of worry for the future, and I just concentrate on being delivering, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. massive value in the present moment, things just kind of take care of themselves. Something just struck me because I have Mark in Spain, my producer, and I have you in Costa Rica. And both of y'all, there's two things y'all both don't like. One, setting goals farther than a couple of weeks out. That's number one. You both don't like that. Mark hates that. Um, but you also, you, you don't get caught up in um, 
numbers or metrics, meaning that's going to define you. And I wonder, now that I'm thinking about it, that's anything to do that you both don't live in the States. I wonder, you know, if that is a different, like when I'm in Costa Rica, I'm never thinking to, I'm just talking about me when I've been there. I'm never thinking about, hey, I need that ridiculously nice car or I want to go do that. It's all about, hey, man, pure Vita. We're just here. We're enjoying this time, this nature. And I don't know if it's the environment or just kind of a different, there's a, maybe, maybe there's a different focus because you're, you're, you're not somewhere where you've been before and you're trying to, you know, you're, you're in the moment, you know, this is something, I don't know, it just hit me. Like, it's, it's something that's very interesting. And like, I think there's a joy in that, right? Because I think what I've got comfortable with personally in the last couple months is that I know what my goals are. They're, they're, they're ridiculously large on scales that nobody's seen before. And I know exactly why I want those things. It's not for the thing that it's gonna bring, that's a number to shoot for, but it's actually for all the help that it's gonna bring, all the freedom it's gonna bring, all the understanding. And so that's more comfortable metric to me because I know that really at the end of the day, the only thing that'll stop me is given up. Now, what vehicle I'm in means nothing, right? If it's a podcast or a TV show mm -hmm. or a book, or that doesn't matter. I'm always going to be doing one of those things. But I've done the, what you're saying, the marketing, the organic, the, the pardon me, not the organic, the paid. And that never feels right to me because it, it feels like short-term gratification and it removes from the long-term vision. Right. Like what you do now with the plant medicine, like you're basically seven days a week, almost when you're doing this, right. Working, if you want to call it work, right. Cause you're coaching during the week and then they're coming from the weekend, mm -hmm. but I've never seen you more fired up about something in my entire life. I've never seen you more fulfilled. Now, do we know where that's going to go? No. Are you going to own your own property? Are you going to have a ranch? Are you going to be, none of those things matter it's relative you're just doing the thing in front of you that makes the most sense to you right now and then we'll see what becomes available that's that's how that's exactly how i live my life okay i do what's just what's in front of me okay uh, i'm human so mm -hmm. you know there's there's months where i worry okay there's certain months mm -hmm. where i'm like i'm killing it and i'm thinking you know top of the world and then there's other months where it's like, you know, oh my God, am I going to make it? Right. And it's funny how quickly from mm -hmm. one, you know, and I do like, I, I keep all my metrics, you know what I mean? Like I mm -hmm. keep track of, like, I, I, I know what my cash flow looks like. I know what my, you know, PL looks like at the end of the year. I keep those numbers. I keep numbers that allow me to, 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 to go back in time and just like, okay, what, what, what can I expect this year? Like, I, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll look at like what, what, you know, it gives me peace of mind knowing mm -hmm. what is mm -hmm. most likely coming down, coming down the line. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but you mentioned living outside of the U S and I hadn't, I hadn't, I've thought, of course, I recognize the difference in me that who I am here in Costa Rica versus who I am in the state or who I was in the United States, right? 
and I think that I hadn't given that enough uh, mm -hmm. enough thought or enough weight, but it's a hundred percent true. Okay, over here the 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 status symbols, what we what you drive, what you wear, how much money you have. Um, number one is not nearly as important here as it is in the States. And then number two, the conversations that I'm having are very, very different. Like in the States, the conversation is, is seems to always kind of steer about steer around performance, yeah. right? What, who's doing what and how they're doing it, who's doing mm -hmm. what and how they're doing it. Right. And the reason why that conversation is always steered, you know, is because whoever's steering the conversation wants to know how to do more, be more, have more. Yeah. So they're probing the other person about how they do what they do and how their business is doing and all this stuff. And then they're thinking, you know, how, how can I apply that to my own business and, and, and how can I compete and how can I keep up? Right. And so there's never any, uh, I, I wouldn't say there's any, uh, there isn't any i would say that the majority of the time it's trying to understand how to get ahead versus spending time getting to know people yeah where it's like are, are we are are those deep conversations being had about what you're afraid of uh you know who you are what what, what you believe in you know what you care about yeah those are, you know, a lot of the conversations that I have down here with the people that I spend time with, right? They're kind of, they're, they're deeper conversations. They're, I, they're, the perfect word is they're thick conversations. They're thick conversations, right? Or you have conversations where, you know, it forces you to think, it forces you to, to, to philosophize a bit, okay? To, to kind of talk about, what's important so what you know what's important and a lot of times um that the idea of what's important uh is so vastly different from one person to the next yeah. you know um and i think that if you look at it culturally you're gonna you're, that's where you're gonna really see the difference right mm -hmm. so yeah over here when I think about the conversations that I have or the people that I choose to surround myself with, um, yeah, I wouldn't say that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to spend time. There was a time where the only thing I cared about was, you know, the people that I'm spending time with, are they successful? Are they making money? Right. Mm -hmm. Are they accomplished? Mm -hmm. Are they successful? Mm -hmm. Are they accomplished? Are they making mm -hmm. money? Because if they're not, then I'm wasting my time. Dude. I'm going to visit one of my mentors in a couple of weeks and we're going to go play golf and he's very busy. He's got four kids. He buys like 30, 50 businesses a year. He's a savage. Right. And he said, look, uh, you and I can go play golf or I can invite, I can indoctrinate you to my group of people, my homeboys that live, he lives in the middle of kind of nowhere, but in a nice neighborhood. And I said, look, I only have two requirements. I said, do they actually like people and do they smile? If they do those two things, he said, set, I said, set it up. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't, I don't care what they do. I don't mm -hmm. give two fucking shits. Like, but if, if, if you're hard to be around, 
and it sucks the energy out of me. You know, this mm-hmm. year for me is, is nothing. This year for me is 100% about boundaries, internally and externally, right? And I think one of the great things that I've made a decision on, and I'm saying it out loud for the first time, is I'm not a good friend right now, and I totally know that. I'm okay with that. Because right now for me, I have 48 families that require me to operate at the highest form, me, all my employees. I've got a community, a town, six other owners, a COO, a, a soon-to-be wife, and this is the future of a lot of people's responsibility. I don't have time to talk to you about the weather, okay? I have a business to build, okay? And we've had some things that happened over the year that weren't out of my control, and this is my focus. But being, staying home, like we met these new uh, friends in town, and Cassie was like, yeah, Austin's not going to come to dinner with us because it's not really on his plate right now. And plus, you're eating dinner at 730. Homeboy, don't do that, right? And so, and like, I was totally comfortable, like, and I almost went, but I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not going to go. Like, I'm cool. And like being comfortable enough to go, okay, this is what you're focused on in this season of your life. And then in the next season, there'll be this part and this part. And I think seeing you age through the, through the years, right? Even if you look at all the people that were in our mastermind and where we actually met is they've gone on to do other things. They've, they've moved on. But some of those people have stayed the same and they're doing the same thing they did. And I'm not saying that it's not making the money. I'm just saying that I really would, I'd venture to guess if it's a really truly deeply down happy, right? And, and so on top of the boundaries thing is realizing that happiness is a skill that's, that's learned over time. It's not something that you're given. And here's a, here's a really important thing. And I've learned this over time just because of my age okay you know as you get older you know your energy levels you know are not the same as they were when you were in your 20s i mean when i was in my 20s man i could work seven days a week i could go i could go out and drink and party like a savage and get it okay and get up the next day and get it Okay, do what I got to do. Like it, it, it was like do what you you know, kill to eat kind of a mindset, right? And it's interesting because when you're that age, you don't think about the slowing down that happens mm-hmm. as you get older, right? Mm-hmm. So today I don't have that kind of energy, and I need mm-hmm. my body needs to rest. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'm just mm-hmm. right now. I came back from an ayahuasca retreat at the beginning mm-hmm. of August. Mm-hmm. So the beginning of August, there was the, the that first week was an ayahuasca retreat. I was gone for seven days, right? And when I came back, I got either COVID or influenza or some kind of combination of the two mm-hmm. that just crushed me mm-hmm. for about a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was over it. So I went to the gym and the next day I had full relapse. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then boom, I was out again for, you know, another mm-hmm. week or so. This has been going on for 30 days. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where I've been, you know, up and down and like, you know, relapsing and then just getting my ass kicked again. 
and then starting to like come out of it again and then something happens and boom and normally i don't go to the doctor you know i'm just like i'm just gonna ride this out you know what i mean it's a cold you know and i'm gonna take my ginger and turmeric and wheatgrass and i mean like all the natural stuff that i normally do i don't i try and avoid over-the-counter medications right and i just could not kick this thing and so what i found too was like I had to like, you know, prioritize my health over prioritize business. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I, you know, I was like, I need new clients, but I, I, if I take on a new client right now, what can I deliver? Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm very mindful of, of what I can deliver. Mm-hmm. And then there are certain people that, you know, that I coach and they come back every once in a while they'll come back and they're like, Hey, I need a, like a, 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 a like a reboot, right? Not a reboot. Mm-hmm. I need like a, a tune up. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, it's been a while, blah, 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 blah. And I remember at certain points where I had to, like, I had to just say, if I take this guy, if I get on the phone with this client, right, it's double the bandwidth. It's double the energy. Like, I know this, like, I know, which clients I can get on the call with fully coachable. Like I, we get on and it's just like, let's go. Right. Boom, 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 boom. Right. I got, thank you, Omar. Appreciate that. Good to go. Right. Yeah. And then there's other ones where you're just, it's, it's a grind. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because there's still that level of resistance for change. That's still that resistance for growth. Right. And so that's irrelevant the, you know you're going to have different kinds of clients but in that moment i had to recognize okay what i could take and what i couldn't take at the moment right it's a little scary too it's a mm. little scary sometimes when you you can see your own uh mortality you can see your own um uh humanity as you get older like it's like fuck seriously like i can only handle so much you know, it's a little bit scary because, you know, some there's times in our lives where we think we're bulletproof, 10 feet tall and bulletproof, and I can handle anything and I can do anything and I can accomplish anything. And then there's this comes this point where you're like, I can't, I can't do anything. I can't do everything. I can't accomplish everything. I can't work with everyone, you know? And so it, it forced me when this cold, it kind of forced me to prioritize my time even more okay prioritize my time prioritize my rest prioritize the the who i can give my energy to mm-hmm. because if i give it to the wrong person it's almost like i've just it's almost like two sessions mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so this idea of recognizing your own mortality recognizing your own boundaries recognizing your own ability to manage your own energy, you have to make tough choices sometimes between the kind of work that you will take on, regardless of whether or not it means, you know, I'm going to be saying no to some money, right? Yeah. And, and today, I don't, I may not like it, but I don't have a choice. If, mm-hmm. I, if I give my energy away in the wrong areas, it could literally, it could literally take me down for a day, mm-hmm. you know? 
So it's really as we get older and as you kind of fine tune your business and fine tune your values and fine tune your vision, you get to a point where you recognize if I don't prioritize my needs, if I don't prioritize my health, if I don't prioritize my rest, if I don't prioritize and protect my bandwidth and my energy, one person could take you down. Mm-hmm. One person can take you down. So this is where, as as I look at my life today, and I look at the fact that I live in Costa Rica, the the fact that I live on two acres, the fact that I live surrounded by nature, the fact that I walk my dogs through a nature reserve every single day, right? I recognize that those are the things that really keep me healthy. Those things mm-hmm. that keep me mentally and emotionally and physically grounded, yep. right? Where it's like, if I was in the States living in the in a city surrounded by traffic, you know, not having what I have, mm-hmm. I think I would be a very different person. And I would have to, I would have to be, I would have to force myself to adjust to an energy and a pace that I no longer am interested in, in adjusting to mm-hmm. or acclimating to. I mean, in a similar vein, the hardest thing for me now is that no longer are my actions or my rewards identified or rewarded based off of my work. It's based off of my decision. Mm. And the 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 choices that I make now, the acquisition choices, the buying of a company that closed down that for nine grand it might make us half a million dollars. That took me two hours. That didn't feel like work to me because it's what I do, but that the long tail of that action is going to take forever. So if I'm mentally not healthy or I'm not in a good place, I can't show up in those moments that only I can do that thing the right way now here's the problem though is that for 40 years of my life my identity was tied to how hard i work Mm -hmm. so now i have to reclassify what work is to myself so the focus now is high output high leverage that's it high leverage high time high output how do i do the thing that gives me the biggest thrill um we had a deal that is a $3.5 million HVAC deal plumbing. And we were literally driving an hour and a half to go have a meeting with a guy I haven't talked to in seven years or seven months. And it didn't end great, that conversation. And I had to talk him into leaving his business, his current job, starting his own company, giving him an ass load of money, a couple hundred thousand dollars and get him to sign right then, right then, or we were going to lose this deal. And my sales guy, who's newer, is sitting there, and I'm just smiling and singing. And he goes, dude, what the fuck? He goes, you're not stressed out? I go, first time? I go, first time? I go, I go, isn't it great to know that we might not close it tonight? He's like, this all might go wrong. He's like, what the fuck is your problem? I go, it's kind of cool. I was like, and <laughs> so the guy's sitting there, and he goes, I want to take this home and think about it. I said, yeah, that's not happening. I said, so we're going to, we're going to answer it now and we're going to sign the paperwork now. I said, what's it going to cost me to get that signature now? 
And he goes about 20 grand more. I said, done, sign the papers, let's go. And so <laughs> the sales guy sitting over there going, wow, you were super calm. I was like, well, actually I was dying inside, but it's kind of fun to see if we were going to succeed or not. You know, like it's just when, when you become so aware of what's taking place, right you can you can have kind of i don't know joy in the moment to realize that it's all it's all a big game and you're figuring it out and you're getting scale right and you're you're understanding i you know i think that the way that you've constructed your life you know not pun no pun intended is that it works for you and what what works for you might not work for others and that's okay but because it works for you it also gets to affect so many people. Yes. Your client, your clients. And no, so now we unlock you, both you, sides. Yeah. Yeah. You said it perfectly, right? Like I'm not interested in, um, I'm not quite sure how you put it, but you know, it was like high output, high performance or. Yeah, that's not, that's not your game. Yeah. It's not your game. Right. Yeah. But the thing is this, I can't show up. I can't be the best version of myself if I'm recovering from a bad conversation or um, not even a bad conversation. I don't like to use the word bad it, um, and exhausting. Cause that's like, that's real. Most okay? of the decisions, most, most of the decisions we're making is a, is a, is a false, put it this way, is emotions taking over the decision-making process. Meaning that, meaning that really what you're doing when it comes to business is in just in general in your career is you're protecting against making bad decisions because of bad emotions. That's all. That's all it is. When you look at the scale, when you're talking about $100 million deals, $350 million deals, they just, they're, they're, they're taking care of their, you know, what's crazy. This is so ridiculous, but means everything. So my business partner and her husband, you know, they're, they're well-to-do former baseball player. And when I went to their house, everything was comfortable. Like the food, the water, the, they had all the snacks. Every time you sat on furniture, it was the most comfortable piece of furniture. And I realized in that moment, okay, okay. Having do re mi is nothing more than being internally comfortable in your day-to-day -day life so that you can make the highest leverage decision possible to attack the day it's such a weird concept because we starve ourselves right we sacrifice you know what sounds so ridiculous but so real me not taking care of myself is me not loving myself i never correlated that ever not taking care of your beard not clipping your toenails not brushing your teeth and getting your teeth like all that stuff is not that's because you don't feel like you're worthy enough you're in your mind you're saying no 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 you're just not doing it no 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 you're saying that you don't deserve it that's a fucked up moment in life when you re <laughs> when you realize that it's a, all of it's, us all of us do but it it's so, but it's wonderful when you finally do okay discipline is another one of those factors okay yeah. self-love discipline is one of the most powerful forms of self-love telling myself no okay mm -hmm. is one of the most powerful ways of loving myself like if my kid you know if i've got a five-year-old that wants to play out 
in the front yard and the front yard is right in front of a busy street. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I love my kid. You know, I just want him to have what he wants. You know what I mean? And, you know, he gets hit by a car. You're an idiot. Okay. Like discipline is the key to truly loving your children, right? Don't eat that shit. Okay. It is, I don't know what time at night and the kid's going to be up all night because he just ate some sugar, right? Whatever the case may be is, is, for, the, for people who have children, they recognize the importance of discipline, but they forget about how to be disciplined with themselves. And I got to be able to tell myself no to certain things, right? And it's hard, you know, you, you, I'm rebellious in nature, you know? And so, you know, me growing up as a kid, I was told no all the time, right no we can't do this no we can't afford that no we can't go here no you can't do this no you can't do that it was a constant no for everything like my parents were Mm -hmm. exhausted i knew they were because 90 percent of what they had to tell us was no okay Mm -hmm. for a multitude of reasons we know that's a whole nother podcast okay but the point was like i heard no so much when i was a kid that i said when i got older i'm gonna tell myself yes for everything i was like Mm -hmm. Adam Sandler, when he adopts that kid and mm-hmm. he's like daddy or something, I can't remember what it was mm-hmm. called. He just mm-hmm. let the kid do whatever he wanted, wear mm-hmm. whatever he wanted, do whatever he wanted, be up all night, no discipline. He thought that was being a good parent, right? And he found out real fast, okay, what, what, what that looks like, you know? And so that's what I did. You know, I let Omar just do whatever he wanted in his 20s eat whatever mm-hmm. he wanted, drink whatever he wanted, party, you know, did, you know, it's like, yes, 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 let's go. I'm in, I'm in. That, that was like my favorite catchphrase. Oh my, I'm in, let's go do this, right? Unless somebody said, oh, we're gonna, ha- we're gonna do this. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay, like it was, and, and so these are so many of the things that I had to break free from to recognize that I was not loving myself, okay? I was hurting myself by being so rebellious right and so boom now you have to start to discipline yourself like i love eating sugar okay but for my for for my blood sugar levels and for my um what's the other thing what's it's not blood sugar levels it's my it's for my um when you're in diabetes when you got diabetes yeah you glucose right and mm-hmm. and but what is it that that they give them insulin, insulin. okay yeah. you know i learned recently how my sugar levels my insulin levels have been spiking based on my levels of stress throughout the year based on my inconsistencies with my diet and inconsistencies with my with with my um with my exercise okay and it took me going to a hormone specialist, sitting down, getting very expensive blood tests, going through each one of them, understanding, okay, what I'd put my body through over the last 50 50 years. And if I wanted to have longevity, and if I wanted to feel good about myself, and I wanted to have more energy, then there was going to have to be some changes that I needed to make. And that was going to require some discipline. So self-love is about being consistently able to say no to yourself okay mm-hmm. despite you know what your body's natural inclination is no fuck that we're gonna do this no i want to do this no, i want to do this we all have a six-year-old inside of us that's consistently wants to do whatever it wants to do 
Dude, uh, some lady told me, it might have been last week, I don't even remember, or something I heard. And she said, if you could just realize that you're not talking to an adult, you're talking to a six-year-old, anybody that you run into. It's like, legit. she legit. said, it's just, the, it's just the truth, right? And when you, when you realize that, like for me, perfect example, I don't remember any of my childhood. I blocked it out, made it great, you know, in my mind, created the stories, come to find out my childhood was not great. Um, and it was really rough and I never was loved by a woman ever. So my need to even understand or unpack, you know, I'm not scared because Cassie doesn't love me. I'm scared because Cassie loves me too much. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like, you know, so, so we're, we're not, we're not, you know, uh, one of my favorite things to say right now to my staff is there's no answer that matters. It's only the question. Ooh. I like with it. the right, with the right questions, mm -hmm. the answers are created. So they mean nothing. Results, answers, they're made up. It's bullshit. The only thing that matters is questions. When we question what I want, that's a broad, that's a broad, that's a broad statement. It's what everybody says. Well, I don't know what I want. Well, here's a better question. I don't know what I want because I don't know what I'm worthy to accept, right? Or like, that's, that's, that's the other end of that question that nobody's willing to ask. What do I believe I'm unworthy enough or, or that I don't deserve? And the question is, you deserve as much as you're available if you want to work on yourself, if you want to do the work necessary. And let me tell you something right now. The work sucks. It never stops. It's suffocating. I want to throw shit through a window half the fucking time because the people that are in my life don't allow me to be less. The people that I have constructed in my life are expecting me to go out every day and be the best version of myself. They're not asking me to be a drunk and a fuck up. So guess what, buddy? You've kind of created your own fucking social, you know, thing where you have to deal with it, you know? And so there is some joy in that kind of aspect, right? But what I'm kind of focusing on right now that's really allowing me freedom is to understand that the time to get to where it is that I go, it doesn't fucking matter, man. It doesn't fucking matter. It means nothing. It means absolutely fucking nothing. Because the question like Marx says to me all the time, hey, asshole, you were a bartender and a bar manager a couple years ago, and now you're flying in fucking jets and shit with people. He's like, look at what's happening, you know? And he's like, so, so the question is, is that, my joke right now with people in business is, so if your company, if you make $100,000 for 10 years in a row, and then on year 10, you sell your company for $10 million, was the company not successful the first nine years? The quantifiable data on paper says it isn't, uh -huh. but the success was only built in year one through nine. That should be your personal view on life. 
the, the, the skills necessary for the job that you're currently in. I asked my client this morning, do you think me coaching you is all for you? And I said, or do you think I get a lot out of it too? I'm a better person today because I've coached so many people. So if that's the case, then we're all getting something out of every situation, no matter what we're doing. The, the grocery store clerk, the fucking taxi, the men that I spent this weekend with ex-special forces talking about dudes who put a fucking revolver in their fucking throat because they don't know how to live on, in the real world. Like I'm more inspired today by those conversations than anything I've ever heard, right? I'm not military, but I know I have tools necessary to help them because I've been through the fire, right? And so those are the things that we're creating, right? That we're saying, you know, I got to tell you this story because you're going to laugh your fucking ass off. So this, this year has been, it's been a bear. Um, all you need to know is Thursday, I've never, I could check a meeting with the FBI and the IRS off my bucket uh so that was last week uh, among many other things um lots of money stolen it doesn't really matter but i told the seller <laughs> so i said i said in november when i walked into your house the person that walked in there was a fucking boy i said as i sit and talk to you today <laughs> i'm a fucking man now <laughs> i said nine months i feel like it's been 40 fucking years it's been nine fucking months <laughs> and i said i feel i don't even know who that fucking person was anymore but there's so many lessons from from that and i'll give you one that i'll stick that'll stick with me for the rest of my life especially when managing people and, and being a leader never say anything that's not going to take place mm. So what that tells me, if you internalize it, is don't ever let anything come out of your mouth unless you truly mean you're going to take action on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If, if you don't, then it's just a fucking excuse. And everything that you've described, um, each one of these stories, all represent one philosophy. Mm -hmm. which is detach yourself from the outcome. Don't be attached mm -hmm. to the outcome, right? Like mm -hmm. detachment is from, from the outcome allows you to enjoy the journey, you know, like the hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. And then they sell it for 10 million on, on year 10, right? What you're describing is a journey, you know, these last nine months, right for you of living hell right it's it's just a journey if i'm mm -hmm. if i'm cons if i'm consistently consumed or um obsessed basically yeah. that's really that's really the word obsessed with the outcome because that's really what it is right it didn't come out the way i wanted it to i didn't make mm -hmm. as much money as i wanted to the deal didn't work out the way i wanted it to Right. So what is it? I'm consistently attached to an outcome, consistently attached to an outcome. Mm -hmm. So what happens? I don't pay attention to the relationships I built along the way. I don't pay attention to the things that I learned along the way. I don't pay attention to the fun, the enjoyment that I had along mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. okay? Because really, it's the process of, of becoming or doing anything 
is life. That's what your yeah. your body of your life becomes mm -hmm. the experiences. Okay, mm -hmm. whatever I accomplished, most people forget about that shit. Yeah. But when they talk about, man, you will not believe the year I had. Let me just let me let me tell you the story. Yeah. You know, let me tell you about the last 30 days that I just had, yeah. right? Like the epiphanies that were happening in my own mind, because you know, when you're sick for 30 days. It's like a journey. It's like a psychedelic yeah. journey, well, right? They, There's they, so much. They talk about they talk about if you really want to examine your life, have a back injury. Oh you my know? god! Oh my god! You know, you know, you know what's you know what's a stat? This is a true stat because I know because my mom and I heard it from somebody else. It's sixty to seventy percent, and I'm sorry if I'm wrong with the numbers, but it's very high. If you break your hip, they die. Older people. Yes. Yes. It's not like. It's not like anything else, you're, they'll recover, but because they're immobile and the thoughts that go on in their mind, boom. It takes them down. It takes them down. They don't have the emotional resiliency to deal with that kind of a setback at that, especially at that age. Okay. And, and so it just, it, it, it reminds us that the most important thing that we have is not I guess it's both. Your mental and physical health is the only thing that matters at the end of the day. Dude, There's nothing I, else. Last year, I was sick for like 30 days. Same thing with you. I was cranky. I was really sick for two weeks. Every time we get on like an owner's call, they were in a bad mood too. And they were snippy. And I had an epiphany like a month later and I go, oh, my health and my attitude is what stirs the drink. So I have to show up with the jokes, with the happy. Okay, well, how do I do that? Okay, I got to be in the best shape of my life. I got to be the healthiest I've been. Oh, we want to take our company to 100 million. It, I don't need to learn a business strategy. I need to make sure that my health is at peak condition. That's it. That's it. It's, I just got to be able to show up at my peak performance level. I got to be able to deliver mm -hmm. Austin Linney. I got to be able to deliver Omar Pinto. That's it. That's all I got to do. I just got to deliver. Okay. Mm -hmm. If I don't have to worry about the outcome, I don't have to worry about, you know, how the coaching session goes. I don't have to worry about whether the no. a new yeah. client wants to work with me. I don't have to worry about, I just have to show up, be myself, right. Mm -hmm. That, that, that version of myself that, that knows what he's doing knows how to deliver value, knows how to motivate, inspire, okay, individuals, I show up as that person, then I don't have to worry about the outcome. It's the yeah. last thing I got to worry about. Relative. I have clients now, or I have current clients that are, that are, that are saying like, hey man, pull the gloves off, tell it to me straight, Smack me between the eyes. Let's, I got work to do. And it's so refreshing to be with people that are ready to lean into the work. And they're just saying, hey, man, give it to me straight. Give it to me and straight. And I said, I, said, I said, you know where you're headed with that, right? Because I'll just fucking, you know what Mark said? Mark said, he said, you are like a fresh two by four right between the eyes. <laughs> And and so, but here's the problem. 
is that same two by four I'm wielding. I need to yield it on myself sometimes too. Dude, my buddy, this is a true story. Met it, I ran into my, this was uh, six months ago, connected with my first mentor ever. This is my mentor at when I was 17, all right? I hadn't talked to him in 15 years. Wow. And I was in a rut. I, I was in a rut. He's a pastor now. He's amazing. We're talking about going to business together. He's a trip, dude. He's only like two years older than me, but he's just, wow. he's always been okay. somebody that I look up to. And I was in a, I don't know where the fuck I was, but I was, deal was going sideways or some shit. Like, and he, he goes, you know, Austin, he said, sometimes you have to say words out loud to other people to realize how much of a bitch you're being. And I just said, I just said, all right. <laughs> That'll do. I said, I said, that'll do. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> and that's always stuck with me. <laughs> I am going to use that. I am going to use that is brilliant. Dude, it's so good. It's a party it's, stopper. Hey, he, he's from the it's, country, baby. He just gives it to you right, you know? It's yeah. A, it's dude. a party stopper, right? There, I was man. in the airport going to baggage claim and I just looked out of the sky and I go. Well, that just changes my entire fucking world. <laughs> you know, oh, here man. I am in public. Here I am in public just losing my shit. Yeah. Just roasted me. You know, it's fucking seven in the morning. You know, it's just, uh, it, you know, <clears throat> he talked about, I'm going to go in about two months, about a month and a half, I'm going to go speak at his church uh, because he told a story about me. And he hadn't heard what I was doing. He, 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 didn't, he didn't know what I was doing. And he ran into an old you know, friend, a, a random friend. And, and Terry said, oh, he's got, a, he's got a podcast now. He's coaching people. He's fucking doing business. He's amazing. And Kurt just started to weep. And he said, I always hoped that the words that came out of my mouth would eventually sink in. Mm. Wow, man, that's what a gift that message was, Austin, for both of you. Mm -hmm. And hadn't talked in 20 years and picked it up like we were, like I was 17 and he was 20 again, dude. Yep. I mean, just, I gave him so much shit, right? Like five seconds on the call, you know, it's just a... there is a joy, right? And I think that's from somebody that knew you. You know, oh, here's another gift, current client. This is one of the biggest gifts of my life. This is to everybody out there who's dealing with addiction or in recovery. I was talking to him. I hadn't talked to him in 20 years. We worked together 20 years ago when I was a drinker, all right? He said, hey, man, I'm really happy that you've changed and your life has got better, but I didn't dislike the guy that I knew back then. So I hope you don't. Mm. Man, solid gold. That was the first time anybody's telling me they didn't, they didn't dislike that version. of He goes, you were a good guy. He goes, maybe a little rough around the edges, but you were a nice guy. You cared about people back then. He says, so don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, dude. And that's, and there's the message. There's the message, man. You know, like there is, there's so much beauty in each, in each and every one of us. 
that gets drowned out by the shame and the guilt and the embarrassment mm -hmm. of some of the decisions that we make, some of the behaviors that we exhibit, right? And so that part of us gets lost and or abandoned or rejected. And we need to hear that, you know, that, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of like that guy. I hope you still do too. Yeah. About 25 minutes ago, we hit a real nice stride. We were, we, uh, I hope people make it to the end of this podcast because that last like 30 minutes was just pure fucking inferno. It was, it was fire, man. Eventually, we'll, you know, it, 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 eventually we'll get to where we need to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we're stubborn. The ways to get there, you know, it and, doesn't even uh, matter. You know, I think that uh, I keep saying the same thing. So what y'all don't know is that Omar was my first ever podcast. We're at 550 episodes, somewhere around there now. And, uh, you know, over 100,000 downloads, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, your, your daughter is still helping people. Mm. And it's so amazing. She is such a treat. Such a treat. She is. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She's the angel, right? Through you. Uh, and it's so amazing. But I do got to tell you a joke. So Theo, Theo Vaughn is my favorite comedian. He's a fucking wild man. This dude is asinine. And they asked him, he used to be big into drugs and alcohol. And they asked him what his favorite kind of weed was. He goes, Yeah, my favorite kind of weed was. Uh, Cocaine. Dude, I gotta tell you the story. I gotta tell you the story. Oh my God. This is this is the story that made him get sober. This is a true story, I swear to God. He's in New York, he's partying, his friends leave him. He's got a radio interview at 6 a.m. He said, this fucking guy picks him up in a taxi, Omar or some shit. And he says, hey man, you want to get some hookers? And and Theo's like, no, 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 I'm good, bro. Like, thanks though. He's like, all right, well, I got some, I got some cocaine here. He said, so they're doing cocaine. He says, it's about four in the morning. And now Theo's driving the taxi, and the taxi driver's in the back with the hookers. He gets dropped off at the radio station. He's in, he's in the podcast with Daryl fucking Strawberry of the fucking Mets, who's now sober. And Theo has been up for two days, sweating his fucking face off. And Daryl's sitting there and he goes, it was the most surreal moment of my entire life. A guy that I looked up to my whole life, who was the craziest motherfucker ever, is now sober, looking at me, who's fucked out of my mind. And he goes, I realized I had a problem, right? But that's not... <laughs> but wait, that's not the funniest one. You have to watch the one where he talks about so he used to get messed up and he loved to buy best, all right? 
and he would just he would just wear vests and he goes every now and then i get a little crazy and he's like i wear two vests at the same time and he's like so i'm in there i'm making myself a smoothie you know i got a new blender he's like i'm making myself a smoothie he's like and then i thought i heard a voice I thought I heard a noise outside. He goes, do you know how fucked out of your mind you have to be to have a blender going on and to think you hear noise outside? <laughs> he said, so I run outside and I lock myself out with the blender going in the fucking, I don't have my keys. He said, so I run down to my landlord and I, and I, it's like 2 a.m. and I knock on the door and he goes, hey man, I'm having a party. I'm having a Christmas party. You know, at my house, he goes, Theo, it's March, brother. And he goes, <laughs> <laughs> he said, so, he said, so, he said, so, he said, so, he said, he said, so the moment, the moment, he said, the moment, so he said, right when he's knocking on the thing, he said, the blender shorts out the shit set the fire alarm and he said he said no Lord goes in opens my door and there's there's nobody in my apartment so he said i had a christmas party so joe rogan goes so he goes so you 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 were you moved out now he goes oh no 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 i still live there it was like two months ago <laughs> <laughs> oh God. and what and what and what i what i find i say all that to say that in the moment the addiction the alcoholism the problems that you're facing feel like a mountain that you can't get around but when you get some distance from it you can laugh at the ridiculousness of your life and, and and it's just fun to have a good laugh from time to time guys serious because oh that shit God. is funny as fuck yeah that that those, those are some of the best stories i've heard to date <laughs> that's fucking brilliant guys so if people well they can't really reach out to you but if they want to they want to reach out about some coaching or follow what you're doing with your plant medicine how would they reach out to you uh you can go to my website omarpinto.com it's about as easy as you can get omarpinto.com there is all my social media i spent most of my time on instagram okay so omarpinto at omarpinto coaching um so you can either go to the website and send me a message from there or you can dm me on 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 instagram that's the best way to get a hold of me if you want to know more about my coaching or if you want to know more about plant medicine well, look, those stories at the end were for me and Omar. I I've never laughed that hard in my life. So Dude, I nice. hope you got some joy in your life and laughed too. <laughs> if if y'all got some value, send it to a friend mm -hmm. and we'll see you next time.